around, lads and lassies, ye of the full cast and crew crew, and let's sit and while away the time on this beautiful summer day on the western coast of the tiny island of Manhattan, sitting on the eastern edge of the northern hemisphere of the planet Earth, the third rock out from the star Helios, which drifts lazily along through the gentle celestial current of the Milky Way galaxy. This is Chris. I'm recording alone this week, doing double shifts in the podcast minds while Jason is off gallivanting somewhere, I am sure. Uh, This week, we're releasing an episode we recorded a little while ago, one which I particularly enjoyed, and which we're finally able to release after toning down some of the uh, slander and libel I was doing. I had to cut out the whole thing about how and his co-star for or total as well as who have problems and are also probably both and still they were seen in the cafe of an idea it's too bad because it's a really good anyway uh there's still lots of good stuff so i hope you'll sit back or lean against the wall or whatever you do relax and enjoy our discussion of bill forsyth's 1983 whimsical modern fairy tale local hero Denials being printed out and delivered to the president. So that's like, I, Mike From Pence, everybody. I, Mike Pence, deny that I am the author of the op-ed. Yeah. And everybody will do that, even down to, yeah. uh, down Dravanka. to Coffee Boy. Oh, I would love if, <clears throat> if it were- The ultimate betrayal? That would be like a dumb Game of Thrones. When this movie comes out, the movie of what's going on now in the Trump presidency, yeah. we'll cover it in our podcast. Did you know that there's a Gary Hart movie coming out with Hugh Jackman as Gary Hart? No, that's not true. Yes, it is. Gary Hart movie, is The this? Front Runner, votes for election day release. What's it called? Uh, the <laughs> the front, front Runner. The best part Get is this headline. Wow. Gary Hart movie, The Front Runner, votes for election day release. Splooge. Directed by Jason Reitman. Wow. You know, I'm going to say if it stars Hugh Jackman, it's going to it's gonna be, be good. What? What are you, a big- What are you, a- a big what are you a fan fan? What are you, some kind of anti Hugh Jackman guy? I think Hugh Jackman's great. Uh, I just trying to tell me Hugh Jackman's it. not a good actor. No, I'm t- saying that Hugh Jackman's. You know, he slums it. Yeah, such as Swordfish, Van Helsing, Pan. Uh, what else? Whoa, has he whoa, been whoa! In? Now I'm going to say that when you say that about Hugh Jackman, my first inclination is to say that is totally not true. So let's just go through the ones that have come out. Greatest Showman, a phenomenon of a movie that is- Apparently terrible. Well, I haven't heard that it's terrible. I've only heard people praise it. I've heard no one praise it. Really? Yeah. Okay. Logan, great movie. Yeah. X-Men Apocalypse, whatever. Barely in it. Eddie the Eagle I saw on cable. I heard that was very nice. It was okay. It was- But it it did not set the world on fire. But so, so the definition of a, of a good movie or a great performance is it has to set the world on fire. I was making no artistic judgment. All that I was saying is that it would think you were. that it was that it would flop because he <laughs> tends to he okay. tends to do things that Pan, do like, flop huge flop like okay okay yeah. huge doesn't matter Chappie never heard of that huge flop what's that that was uh, the guy who made District Nine his second feature um, about a robot he, he never quite lived up to uh, loved loved so good, District though. Nine me and her on the dying girl. I need just a voiceover. Yeah. Night at the Museum, that's just a cameo. X-Men, whatever. Real Steel. No, Have you seen Real Steel? No. I bet you it's good. I wouldn't mind it. Let's do it. I bet it's okay, but uh, I bet it's not breaking any new ground. And hey, I look, I, uh, are you I saying, need that. here's my point. The world of films and entertainment is better with Hugh Jackman than without him. Absolutely. 
I, it's hard for me to, when, when a guy's last two movies were one of the biggest hits of 2018. Which? The Greatest Showman. Which, oh, yeah. which. That big? It's big. Amongst people with, tod- with people with children. I see. Seven or eight years old. It's the soulless. I was with. I was just with the family. They've seen the movie like fifty times because oh, the girls like, like love it, and it's by all accounts a, a, a wonderful, moving story with great songs and, and production. But See, I heard when it when that's it was not good out, enough for like, Chris oh Kinniak, that's Yeah, I heard that know. it was garbage. People well, like, who told you it was garbage? Just let's people. name names. I'm not going to name names. Not a you know. Oh, oh, I see. Huh. Look. Once you hear that, have you written any op eds? Have you written any op eds lately? Jackie to me is the lone star. Put a name to it. I'm not putting a name to it. Well, I think it's going to be interesting today because I see Chris is sort of not himself. He's in a different, (laughs) maybe he's in a different kind of mood, which I like. Um, Yeah, Chris, I'll do. I'll do a little intro. Fantastic. This is full cast and crew. That was great. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have an intro specifically about uh, this week's film? Well, you know, the IMDb two-sentence description of this film, I'll read it to you now. Please. An American oil company sends a man to Scotland to buy up an entire village where they want to build a refinery, but things don't go as expected. Now, literally, that is the plot of the movie. Yes. However, it does not in any way address the charms of the movie. Right. And the, the things that are truly wonderful about the movie, uh, which, however, are perfectly summed up in a comment on the IMDb page ah. by some anonymous, u- well, not anonymous. It's by Poldy112358. Oh. Did you read this? No. You know Poldy. No. Is that the person who told <laughs> you that it, the Greatest <laughs> Showman sucked? <laughs> well, I'm going to read this, Chris. Yeah, please do. It's a paragraph, so per- forgive me. It may be that after I finish reading this, we can just close this whole thing up, and there's nothing more Is to it be that said. Good? It's oh, that good? Wow. I think it's that good. When I read this... I could not imagine a better summation of what the charms and the qualities of Local Hero are than what I'm about to read right now. That'll certainly make it easy for me to edit. From Poldy112358. There's the great movies with a capital M, such as Casablanca, Strangelove, Kane. And then there's the great movies which feel like they've been made for the deepest, quietest, quirkiest parts of you and you alone. The small gems. And this one, in my view, is the sparkliest of these gems. A little masterpiece of rumination on just how beautiful things can be when disparate paths in life intercept each other just the tiniest bit out of phase, never perfectly according to plan, and on how the deepest transformations seem to proceed from the smallest disjoints of orientation and expectation. Okay, as an aside, it's getting a little flowerier than I remember last night, but stay with me. It is a beautiful dollhouse of a film whose success lies in its excruciating attention to and understatement of detail. Beautiful Mark Knopfler strains suffuse the film's quieter moments, while subtle performances and simply lovely dialogue provide the backbone. Huh. Uh, I, okay. When I read it last night, I had just finished watching the movie. I was suffused myself with the romantic spirit of the film. I, I probably was more carried away when I read that and sure. thought, wow, that nails it. However, I stand by much of the claims, if not the language. Okay. Uh, I have to admit, I. Is this going to be one of those days where you're like, I gotta say, I this movie didn't do anything for me. I didn't like it. I thought it was corny. I didn't. I thought it was very nice. I thought there was a lot to love, but uh, 
it did not, maybe I had too high of expectations, but I was not that transported. This could be part of my theory though, that you've, you're like an imposter, maybe I've Chris Kapiniak, <laughs> like you're not yourself. Cause I don't know. I'm surprised. I mean, your take will be the more interesting one because I think, uh, I unabashedly love the movie. Yeah. I think it's, um, it's the kind of movie that I, I guess it's a cliche to say it's the kind of movie that doesn't get made anymore, but it feels like I don't go to the movies and see movies like this where, mm where you can walk out and sort of just feel good and feel, feel happy um, and feel that you were in the hands of someone who didn't insult your intelligence while making an essentially frivolous movie about an entertainment. You know yeah. what I mean? It's not, yeah. it's not trying to be uh, deep, but it, it touches upon some deeper themes. And I think Peter Rieger, who's not a guy you, th or at least not a guy I think of as amongst the first tier of American actors or someone who, delivers a particularly layered performance in the things that I've seen him in, which admittedly is other than House. animal house, I would be hard pressed to, to yeah. name, but, um, but he's great in this because he fits the, the, the archetype. I think I have a soft spot for the movie where a, a callow cad emerges through the movie in a more complete sense in a completely different kind of movie that had for me, maybe the most amazing version of that journey. Mm -hmm. Uh, the Daniel day Lewis movie where he's the imprisoned IRA guy. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. uh what's that called? In the name of the father. Yes. Yeah. I love that movie. Yes. And you know, when that movie starts, he's so unlikable. He's such yeah. a jerk. He's such an asshole to his father. He's so cocky and full of himself. He's so unself-aware. And by the end of the movie, he's completely transformed, which I think is amazing just as a piece of acting and to think about most movies being shot out of sequence, for example. Right. How did he do that? Well, um, so wait, I'm shocked. We? we were, you hate oh, local Forza. hero. <laughs> humanity. <laughs> I hate humanity. I've gone full Marlon Brando at this point. I mean, Burt so Lancaster? Bill, Bill Burt Lancaster didn't do anything for you? And maybe this is my own bias because mm -hmm. uh, the best thing about the movie was the fact that the uh, locals did want to sell. Yes. That it was not just yeah, it wasn't this guy. Yeah. Yes. And I think maybe I was afraid that it was going to turn into that. And maybe because of their accents, I had difficulty understanding what they were actually saying. Mm. But my favorite part was the beginning before he left for Scotland yeah. because I thought the uh, the workplace 80s stuff was so good. So good. Burt Lancaster snoring through yes. that meeting, I thought was, and the fact that they the continued with their meeting, yeah. <laughs> that was <laughs> fantastic. I thought the the weird psychologist played by Norman yes. Chancer. Yes, Moritz. Mr. Happers got his comet. Hooray. What an empty, hollow, wasteful activity. You're chasing comets around the sky. Is your life around you so complete? What about a wife, children, a family? Are these human goals too simple for you? Get out, Morris. That's enough for today. I've got some meetings soon. Go on, out. Out, 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 out. Yes, sir, Mr. Happer. Uh, it, it seemed to go pretty well today, didn't it, sir? It was okay, Morris. In fact, I think we could build up the sessions, maybe two or three a week, at the same fee, of course. We're at a crucial stage. Check with us, Wyatt, on the way out. Fix a half hour for Friday. Maybe I could give you an abusive phone call some night. Any time that's inconvenient, the surprise element might do a lot of good. I mean, harm. Out! It was phenomenal. He you was hilarious. That. I thought okay, that that's was one part of the funny. movie I did not like. Maybe this is the charm of uh, Bill Forsyth. I don't like the current, easily understood three-act structure yes. where everything has yes. a payoff. Yes. And so I did appreciate that it didn't hew to that. And yet there were certain things that I 
do wish that I had a little bit more of. For example, you talk about Burt Lancaster's character, Happer. Something about his journey, there was something missing to it for me. And I do think the idea of him just talking to that guy and finding a kindred spirit did not seem like enough. He was so good in this. um, And yet I I thought there was just something missing to that character. I know what you mean. It was neither so eccentric as to be just sort of a crazy deus ex machina, Yes. nor did it have an actual arc. The Scottish locals, they didn't feel that they were too individuated. Um, Is that a word? Uh, individualized? I don't know. I'm asking you. <laughs> I think it's, I'm going to- Individuated? If we were playing Scrabble, I would, I would be you willing would to- individuated. Bet some points on that. Individuated. Individuated. Individuate, past tense. Distinguish from others of the same kind. Single out. See? It is easy to individuate and enumerate the significant elements. And uh, I did not think that um, some of the characters were as individuated as I would like. Okay, Chris, I hear you. I think that there's a lot of truth to what you say, but my God, man, you are <laughs> you are glo- you are missing the point of a Bill Forsyth movie to focus on such niggling details as that. I would say it's actually a testament to both the movie and Burt Lancaster as an actor that you end up wanting more yeah. because he does so much with relatively little. He's there, yes, as a lightly sketched eccentric mm-hmm. and romantic, which I think is the point of the star thing and the fixation on that. It's like, you're meant to know very early on, this is a guy who's bored with the trappings of his success, and he's not really fixated and focused on the business of oil yeah. and global domination. I think that the journey really? that the Peter Riegert character goes through and the subtlety with which it's played, like to your point, when you were saying you were glad that the movie didn't like devolve into, well, we don't want to sell. Yeah. We're committed to the land. We're the pure ones. It's great that they all kind of are greedily rubbing their yeah. hands and thinking about being rich. Um, Peter Riegert thinks these guys are all rubes and bumpkins that he's going to take advantage of. And the Urquhart character is actually so on to him even before he steps foot into the hotel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and really, the whole town sort of is, too. Like, they all expect that they're coming. They all know what's going on. Right. I like when there's something going on that we, as the viewers, know, and the character doesn't know that's going on. Yeah. Hmm. Chris so is like, wow, the- there's something going on here in this podcast that I don't know about that Jason <laughs> I don't does. know. Maybe, you know, maybe, uh, maybe I identified too much with Peter Rieger and felt like, oh, they're hiding something from him. Well, yeah, of course they were. He's a representation of American greed and hatred for nature. They hate nature just as much. They want to sell out. They sell out because they're pra- they're Scottish. They're pragmatic. Have you ever met anybody from Scotland? I mean, the end result would be the same. I like yeah. that they weren't generically salt of the earth. I don't mean to say, but he, you know, maybe this is because he seemed like a nice enough guy, even though he seemed to be missing something in his life. I don't know. I don't know what it was. Maybe oh, it's I don't think he's presented his. as a nice enough guy. When you he has an oversized cognac sniffer filled with matchbooks. That's not a sign of a nice guy. I didn't, guy's I didn't notice it. You didn't see that in his- That seems like a guy who's collecting. <laughs> like, maybe he's a comic book guy. You know, I understand well, the, you said uh, the you impulse went, of a collector. It's an oversized, like, brandy sniffer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. a comically huge one that was filled with, like, the matchbooks that presumably- Someone in Swing in Houston circa 1982 uh-huh. or 83 would collect on his way to a variety of singles bars or restaurants. Mm-hmm. Well, let, let me ask you this. When he is in Scotland, yeah. he spends a lot of time like on the beach yeah. alone. Mm-hmm. But I was sort of surprised. I felt, I felt his change a little bit surprising. 
maybe it's because the locals were sort of putting one over on him, but I, I didn't yeah. know like what did they actually do and what did he do to actually change his mind besides well, let me give besides you, taking off his suit. Let and me mention this and on a see sweater. if this changes what you're thinking. The original ending of the movie was ended on the shot of Mac back in Houston on his balcony, looking mournfully out over a cityscape and the and the sirens and the noise of a city. Yeah, that was the closing shot. The studio didn't like that, and apparently they tacked on using existing footage the still shot with the phone ringing. Would you? Do you think you would have felt differently if? there was less of an implied change because really in the end, he's kind of the victim of his own corporate stuff, which is he gets shunted aside by Happer, uh, Happer haphazardly yeah. not paying attention to what's really going on. He's like, get on the chopper, get out of here. And Oldson, Peter Capaldi's character, you know, now is now is proximate to the center of power in the corporate structure when he's just been a bumbling fool the entire time. Mm-hmm. And so Peter Riegert, who up till the point of this movie has dedicated his life in the pursuit of this ruthless business success and prefers to conduct business via telex right. instead of face to face doesn't have a lot of experience interacting with actual human beings who are going to be affected by the results of his actions and so as such he he's always standoffish and kind of himself mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. the locals and they're sort of standoffish and themselves around him mm-hmm. for the most part. And so this being presumably the first time or one of the yeah. few times that he is actually yeah. has human interaction, it makes him a little bit more primed to be changed in a way that, that he is, well, right? He doesn't have to see the human cost. Well, you know, but I guess this is another thing about, the, you know, the human cost. What What, what cost? cost? Like I, I, you know. A way of life. I, I think that a point, way of life that they're I understand that, but, but, but you're fixated on the fact that they want to get rid of it. They're just as human as he is. You're kind of doing the same thing where you're imbuing them with some supra humanistic like qualities that they should be so desirous of preserving their way of life that they too don't make fallible human mistakes, such as being willing to sell their town for $10 million plus 5% of whatever. But I think the point is 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 not to paint them in that kind of one-dimensional brush, like we were saying. Now, of course, in the end, they don't save themselves, per se. They get saved by they the They get big saved by capitalist. the guy who's the rapacious capitalist, yeah. which maybe has its own sort of shaky political, you know, foundations, but I think it just makes it more interesting. And I don't think he has a big change, per se. He's just... Individual scenes, like the scene, the drunken scene between he and Gordon. Yeah, but that's uh, just a drunken charming. He doesn't, but I, why doesn't actually want to trade. He wants to trade yeah, places, but he, he does. Not, he doesn't I mean know, it literally. I think he does. No, he's just drunk. So what? But you, like you said, he comes back and he realizes like, oh, I'm sort of pushed away from right. uh, from the actual power. Yes. By being pushed away by yes. um, Happer taking over. I'm pushed away from human interaction back yes. into this cityscape where I'm distanced yes. from everything else. But that's what I'm saying. In the in the in the original screenplay, he goes back to his life and feels mournful that this this period has ended. But we were not given any ver- vision as a viewer that he does want to go back per se. Both Mac and Happer have such power to actually do things. Mm-hmm. If Mac is so dissatisfied, he could sell everything and go. He could move there. He is not 
held down in the same way that it's implied that some of the locals are so that this right, is right but Chris it's a movie I mean what it, it, who 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 makes an overnight decision and sells all their possessions and returns to Scotland Know, people in movies. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying you wanted to be to be more formulaic and movie like, and I, less original and messy and human. No, I guess I, I think just, that is what you're saying. You would like it to have a more pat conclusion. No, actually, no. I liked the conclusion. No, I'm what saying I'm that, saying is that I don't know that I saw his his story. It just didn't sort of grab me because he had a choice, and the why he doesn't make the choice, uh, why he doesn't take action to me was never fully explored. Which action? Any action to either uh, move back to Scotland. Let's say let's say he- But that's what's implied by the phone ringing. Well, hang on, no. In, calling on the phone, he could book a flight no, himself. Think, what does he got to call for? I, I think the, the, clear impl- impl- the clear implication is he's return, He's going to oh, return. See, I, that is the implication was like, I'm lonely. Show. I'm no, calling somebody, no. talk to why me, Why would you please? call? You, because he doesn't have enough wherewithal to pick up and leave. When you follow the scene of lonely balcony viewing, sirens, cityscape, alienation, and then the phone booth rings in charming seaside Scottish village, to me, the clear implication is he's chosen one over the other. And whether that yeah. means literally he's getting on a plane over to the next night, or he's going to sensibly take the months to unwind his life and perhaps set up something more sensible so that he can be have a sustainable life in his new chosen location. I mean, he could be calling to say like, hey, uh, Urquhart, you know, I'm going to need a room uh, for a month while I get settled, but I'm coming back. I just wanted to let everyone know. If they had filmed it of him like grabbing the phone and yeah. something if if it were him doing it that would have just that would have meant something very different than just seeing this lonely empty town with his only connection having the the phone ring to me it seemed much more ambiguous and um look you have cut me to to the soul by implying that I wanted a little bit more clarity I to it I think you do I think you do I guess I do I think you don't like it. that you do but you do I don't know here um, let me read you another quote chris oh god Janet Maslin wrote Genuine fairy tales are so rare. So is filmmaking that is thoroughly original in an unobtrusive way. Bill Bill Forsyth's quirky, disarming local hero is both. It's a fairy tale, and it's filmmaking that is thoroughly original in an unobtrusive way. I think that the unobtrusive way that it's original is what I really like about this movie and Bill Forsyth in general. There's these little... Forsythian moments, like the stuff between Mac and Stella, it's played in a way where you feel like there's a little something going on there. There there are some glances between Stella and Mac, and when they dance on the dance floor before he's really Mm -hmm. drunk, it's played a little bit like, for her, here's this guy who represents the grass is always greener. Like, Mm -hmm. she Mm -hmm. has a very settled life with a guy who is the pillar of moral rectitude and the the spirit of and the protecting spirit of this town and she's shown to love that and embrace that but here's mac who's something so completely different from her husband mm-hmm. and i think we're meant as viewers to buy into the idea that her head is turned a little bit not that she's going to mm-hmm. do anything about it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's a, it's it's again one of these kind of like a little bit messy human moments that i think the his movies are kind of about this might just be a um 
a weakness on my part, but again, because he, it's yeah. played as Mac's story, I keep looking at things through his point of view. I don't think the movie is seen through his eyes. I think mm-hmm. I think he is seen through the movie's eyes. If conflict is, you have a confident party and a unconfident party mm-hmm. who are in wary proximity to each other, and that mm-hmm. creates a dramatic moment. The confident part in the movie is the village mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and all of its inhabitants collectively. The non-confident part, the odd duck, the person on the back foot, is Mac. Bullcast and Crew is brought to you by Two Different Guys on a Bench, a new comedy series from American Vandal star Ryan O'Flanagan. Two Different Guys on a Bench, where Ryan talks to Ryan on a bench. We keep the comedy simple, folks. Two Different Guys on a Bench videos can be found now on Facebook at Chuckler Comedy. Like and follow Chuckler for the latest and greatest short-form comedy videos. Chuckler, original comedy delivered daily. There's some great funny There's some lines. Great visual and, jokes. Uh, and I think the line of <laughs> when they hit the rabbit. What's up? I think we heard something. We got missed all of a sudden. I think we heard something. I hate hitting things. It's just kind of stunned. Maybe a broken leg or something. Should we put it out of its misery? What do you mean? Kill it. Hit it with something hard. You've already done that with a two-ton automobile. I thought that was great. Yeah. Um, How about when they cook the rabbit? I love that scene. That was great. That was hilarious. That was. Well, I have to say, you know, (laughs) they're eating it. It's like, this is really good. Uh, I guess I was surprised. And maybe this is because I don't know enough Scottish people. The fact that he didn't say like, Oh, I'm so sorry that I went into your room and stole your thing and killed it and but cooked it for you. I did the, not tell you. That's the like a Greek tragedy. He's fucking with them. He's fucking with well, Mac. Well, then how, how are you going to make a deal if that's, you know, if he's trying because to you have to negotiate. ask, does Urquhart really want the deal to be made 100% or is Urquhart going through a process that he sort of somehow intrinsically trusts will fall apart? Like let me ask you this, Chris. It, no one is heartbroken amongst the town people when the deal falls through. But it, does it fall through? Well, it, it doesn't fall through per se. I mean, it's a win-win for the town because right. now it's going to be something oceanographic. Sea and sky. Mm, I like that. I like that. Okay, I get that. But that, to me, that's the that's the the Britishism, the the Scottishness of of the way they fuck with you as an American. And maybe you haven't been fucked with by British or Scottish people, but this is how they mess with your head. Maybe this is the op. Maybe this is why I didn't, because I felt like Peter Riegert and I don't like people Mm, doing mean things to me behind my back. Uh, Well, you probably wouldn't appreciate uh, a British or Scottish sense of humor. uh, Oh, this is a real breakthrough. So wait, you've never been insulted by British, by a British person where, where if you wrote it on paper, it would sound like a compliment and praise. I guess I never wrote it down. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I should look back at all my, the interaction. Like, oh my gosh, I was being. Yeah, no, you're pretty time. much being insulted. Oh, great. Um, I no, think that, the, that that's a part that of genuinely movie. might be the thing that was. That's why he's. That's why he's sending, serving him the rabbit. He's fucking with him. I, I, mean, I did get that, but then I was thinking like, oh, well, you're really queering you the were, deal. You were hung up like, oh my God, he shouldn't serve on the rabbit that's because really that's going nice. to scotch the deal. That's going to scotch the deal, exactly. 
Wow, you really wants it. You were in a weird literal mood when you watched this movie. <laughs> you know what? Maybe you're it's too because literal. Maybe it's because I was. Where's your heart, man? Turn on your heart light. Well, cue Neil Diamond. I have to get it out of the. Please play Neil. Please cut Neil <laughs> Neil Diamond into the. <laughs> we well, we'll have to run that by legal. On obviously, heart. is that ET? Turn on your heart light. Yeah, ET. I don't think ET so. ET two. Isn't that heart light? Doesn't the doesn't ET have the glowing heart? Let light? it shine wherever Turn you go. Turn on your heart light. Come on, what movie is that? It's, I don't. Is that this, it's maybe ET, the dude. Really? That can't be. Turn on your heart light. It's is a song. The song is inspired by the blockbuster movie ET, wow. which Diamond, Bayer, Sager, and Bacharach had all seen together. The songwriters were required to pay Universal Studios $25,000 <laughs> for the use of ideas from the film. That's what you get for being inspired. Let me just get this straight. So you're Universal Studios, and Neil freaking Diamond approaches you and is like, hey, by the way, I don't know, you do a better Neil Diamond. You hey, be Neil Diamond calling like, up Universal Studios. Hey, can I really speak to Mr. Universal? <laughs> hey, this is Neil Diamond. Listen, I saw your uh, ugly alien movie and um, really spoke to me, and I'd... I'd like to write a song about it. Well, that's great, Neil. You're going to have to pay us $25,000 for the rights to use ideas from the film in your song. Well, I'm not really taking any ideas. It's just inspired by... Uh... Well, actually, Neil just sang the song, so... Who wrote it? Burt Bacharach? Carol Bayer Sager and her then-husband, Burt Bacharach. I can't believe you didn't know. Turn, yeah. on, the heart, turn on your heart light. Turn I mean, on I your know, heart light. I definitely know the song. I just didn't. It never crossed my mind. I'm jealous that, that when a you, grown man would have been like, "Oh, when you, you cut this, this fairy tale movie, you're going to be able to cut in just the right <laughs> sound up. It's going to be so fucking good." Turn on your heart light. Let it shine wherever you go. Um, oh, wait, but I suppose if um, if it's I not in the movie, called, it's not in the movie though. Right. If I had called Universal Studios, <laughs> they would not have asked for twenty five. Well, that's right. No, they're not going to get twenty five thousand dollars. Wait, wait, hold on. What is he using that he has to get their permission? I, I want to look up the lyrics here. I came from another world. There's, there's literally nothing it's all about friendship here that you would need to license from Universal Studios. No. Come back again. Come back again. I want you to stay next time. I want you to stay next time. Because sometimes the world ain't kind. Sometimes the world ain't kind. When people get lost like you and when me. People get lost like you and me. I just made a friend. A friend just is someone you need. But now that he had to go away, I still feel the words that he might say. I told you that I saw E.T. recently. Did I tell you yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, are you going to hate on E.T. like you do Hugh like Jackman? I, I love I, Hugh Jackman. No, Please no, do no, not you get don't me wrong. Like he's just part, done Chris. a lot of no, garbage. No, no, no. Well, like, so has every actor. I mean, so have you he probably. Just happens to have done, not that I can think of. Is there like a Wikipedia for like- For movies? Not that no, I can no, think of. for Broadway <laughs> actors or like uh, off-Broadway actors? IBDB? Is that a real thing? Yeah. Internet Broadway database. Okay, let's take a look at your credits here. Sure. And let's just see. Let's see if your let's see if your pure career is unsullied yes. by, you know, something where you wore like butterfly wings and black tights and writhed around in a I've done pit. all those things. And trust I I am not. <laughs> oh, this is unfair. Any- so I call up your name and the first here's the first two things. Macbeth. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fine. Yeah, you, you're going to take issue with Shakespeare? Here's a trivia question about your own career. <laughs> Do you remember what theater it took place in? It was the Barrymore. Yeah, it was. Okay. Do you remember the first preview date? June 2nd. No. <laughs> it was April 7th. April 7th. Oh, I was so close. <laughs> okay. How about, the, oh, how about this? Yeah. Opening night. What night was opening night? That was in, I think that was like in July. <laughs> like 
July April 21st. <laughs> okay. I how about, should have how about the closing the, date? How about the closing date? Uh, also in July? No, that was, uh, that was like, th- it went through most of the summer. I think that was in August. August wow. 2nd. I mean, some might say that actors aren't the brightest. <laughs> but, uh, no, Chris, it was in July. Second listing. Metamorphosis. Okay. That's it? Two things? I mean, I've done other plays, but I well, guess- Well, why are uh, these the only remain- two? Broadway productions. There's nothing other than Broadway here? You usually do have like off-Broadway. I'm surprised that my triumph wow. at the public theater- Dude, was you, that was like a mic drop that you 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 just, <laughs> you basically introduced the concept of Hugh Jackman makes a lot of crap. And I called you on it and I went to IBDB at your suggestion and whammo- Okay, well, here you are. Interesting that you didn't steer me to your IMDb page. Oh, but something's let's, let's wrong take with the mic. A, let's no. take a little. Okay. Let's yeah. take a little walk through some of the items here, Mister. I played Sal's men in Alien Agenda Under the Skin. I think it's Alien Agenda Three. <laughs> Clerk Two in Head Crusher. Yeah. Is that an Indie Spirit Award winner? Head? No, no, no. Head Crusher. That was um, that was uh, Steven Spielberg, wasn't it? <laughs> Head crusher, a mobster kills his cheating girlfriend and her lover Actually, and bury the bodies in a wall. Is head 20 years later, construction workers disturb the area and the horrible secret is discovered. Yeah. Wow. I remember that was a tough shoot. The Secret. Uh, the Secret was a lovely movie filmed in Chicago where I was one of three. Um, no. I was confusing it with a different movie, but it was wow. also filmed in Chicago well, I, in the Ukrainian I, I'm community. I'm sure Melinda Ronish feels very, very moved that you remember so much about I her, confused her it. rare directorial debut as an artist. But yes, I do remember this took place in Chicago. I was the like ex-boyfriend of the main character. Uh, it was filmed in Ukrainian village in Chicago. Uh, it was very nice. I didn't know you were on the blacklist. Uh, yeah, Polish guy. It was uh, about uh. the best... Polish bank robbers in Europe or something oh, like that. Cool. And so there was a lot of Polish speaking in it. Did you have to uh, speak Polish? Oh, yeah. Can you do some now? Um, no. <laughs> I, <laughs> uh, in fact, I, I don't know if you know this here, if, as long as we're going oh to, I did a commercial so with- more revealing about Chris I than did a about- commercial with Kevin Spacey that was filmed in New York for Polish television. Really? Yeah. In uh, Polish? In Polish. And it was so nerve wracking because he is uh, not the nicest the warmest man. Of He's guys. not the warmest of guys. So I did not want to blow my Polish line. And there was one point, I think a car went by, like a yellow taxi, yeah. and uh, somebody was supposed to be keeping the mm-hmm. cars on the street because that would not look like Poland. He yelled. He said, like, Who's keeping the fucking fucking, cars up? Exactly. Well, and you know he's not he's not wrong. But luckily, that actually was the take that uh, I had forgotten my line. So luckily, (laughs) (laughs) somebody else got the wrath that I would have gotten. You will see. There's something uh, which is the poker club. I auditioned that. So that is around uh, spoiler for 2008's The Poker Club. It's about like some this is good that are they're playing poker in their house and a burglar. Breaks wow. in and they accidentally kill him. Get rid of the body and you know. This looks like the kind of well, like, so they were good, they were bad movie in, that is sort of enjoyable to watch. What was like you know a um, independently produced sort of noir. I know, but like what were you, what were they getting paid? What were you getting paid? I mean, I was getting paid scale. I don't know what they were getting paid. I auditioned for the role of the burglar who breaks yeah. in and gets killed. Right. And in order to do that, they wanted somebody to just speak any foreign language because okay. the whole thing was yeah. So um, I called my mom. I was like, can you tell me some Polish phrases? Like, how, like, help, please don't kill me, stuff like that. <laughs> and so I memorized those. I go in to do the audition, and the guy's like, okay, 
let's do a little improv. And he gives me a different scenario. And I'm like, fuck, because I, I had prepared how to improvise. Well, he's not going to know. Well, that was. He doesn't speak Polish. So he gives me this other scenario. And I use some of the same words that I can, but I mostly just sort of like grumble and uh, I'm like spinning and like as if I'm in like a lot of pain, mm-hmm. whatever the scenario is. Do that whole thing at the end. He's like, okay, that was good, but um, let's do this scenario in this script. But if you could speak a little bit louder next time, mm-hmm. I had a little trouble understanding you. So we do the second thing. I do, I do as I had prepared my improv yeah. uh, with my mother. Right. And he's like, okay, good. Uh, I'll tell you what, do you want, why don't you read this scene in English? And so they offered, they had me audition the, the for a different role uh, for this police officer. Oh, uh, okay. So I got to learn that in English. And I got that. You got that. So I go out, you know, for the one day shoot uh, somewhere in like Pennsylvania mm-hmm. to play the police officer. And um, while I'm there, they have an actual police officer on set because they had a shooting murder <laughs> just so happened. <laughs> it's crazy. Life imitates art. That is the, uh, I played a cop that pulls over the guys as they're going to, okay. to get rid of the body. And, uh, so they had an actual car and, but you had to have the actual policeman drive the car. You and, did. Yeah. Or at least to get it on set. You know, oh. I suppose if you, oh, it's probably you, cheaper to like ask the police, like, Hey, can okay. we borrow your car? But you can't drive the police car. So that I You're not allowed to drive the police yeah. car. Now, did the police give you one of their uniforms or did you have like a nondescript they, police uniform? Um, I guess that I don't know. Like, they had a uniform for me. I don't know if they got it from the One of the things the that always bothers or, me in low budget movies, ill-fitting police uniforms. Yeah. Do you remember if your uniform was ill-fitting? Uh, I remember thinking I looked fat, but I think- Because it was like bulky and sort of- No, just because I was- Just because you were- <laughs> I was eating Hitting the pierogies <laughs> and the glumkies. <laughs> Moving on. Um, I'm surprised that you haven't mentioned that Dennis Lawson, who portrays Urquhart, is in Star Empire Wars. Strikes Back. Star Wars. He's in like all of, all of them. them. He's Wedge Antilles. He's Wedge Antilles. Uh, I, I just haven't He's gotten Red a Three. Thing. Yeah. The, the very fact that he, the people that know who Wedge who Antilles, incidental, he, yeah, uh, visual only. X-Wing fighter pilots are. Yeah. And have written multiple books <laughs> multiple about books him. About- <laughs> he is on like IGN's list. He's like the 25, 25th best ancillary character uh. from Star Wars. So I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> any he, robot is he more have interesting. Any lines in He's Star got Wars? like one line. It's like, hey, Luke, great to see you. But he also survives because I guess it's like, oh, they damaged my ship. I got to go. Right. I got to go back. <laughs> You can't do any more good back there. Sorry. People love this wedge in. And I don't know if this is just written wrongly in IMDb, but it, it makes it seem like he plays different pilots movie to movie in the Star Wars movies that he's in. Like, for example, in Star Wars Episode Four, he's Red 2, Wedge. Mm-hmm. Okay. In Star Wars Empire Strikes Back, he's Rogue 3. Mm-hmm. Is that all? Same guy? Same, same guy? I think so. So he just, now he's called, like, is it just his call sign is different because he's in a different craft? His name is Wedge Antilles. That's okay, the name Wedge of that Antilles. Pilot. Okay, okay. And so he's like Red One, I guess when he's Red One, the Red Rogue Squad, Three. Rogue Three, when he's fine with like the Rogue <laughs> Squad. Um, this is brilliant. Yeah, in episode six, he's Wedge. In episode- Like, why? Five, Rebel Force Wedge, <laughs> Rogue Three. I, this is also really- It's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> Uh, at one you. point, they, they, I think, okay, instead read of that, being in poker nights, if you could have been Rogue Red Reg Four, shit, you'd have six hundred fan fiction books written look, about you. I, I wasn't turning it down. 
Also, another interesting um, aspect and another crossover here. Well, I think there's two more crossovers to our other podcasts, which are dedicated coterie of at least four listeners <laughs> will we'll tune into <laughs> immediately. Of Both of them. The actor who plays Moritz yes. uh, is also in Superman 2. Is it? Wait, what? I yes. missed that. He is Who's uncredited reporter. Too? Oh, wow. That guy was fantastic. <laughs> I thought he was so he funny. He was good. Why he, he is good. not a big star or well, me. I mean, he's not gonna be a big star, but I mean, big, yeah. I want to take a look at that guy's career because he is definitely a good enough that guy to have been in more movies than just the two we mentioned. Right. Um, so Norman Chancer is best known for his work on Star Wars Episode Five: The Empire Strikes Back. Yes. Wait, who is he in Star Wars? Uh, he's other Rebel officer. Wow. Now, I know which one you're thinking of. He's the <laughs> he's other the one. other one. <laughs> Peter Capaldi. Peter. Cap well, what did you think of Peter Capaldi in this movie? Uh, I loved Peter Capaldi. You loved him. I thought okay. Peter Capaldi was. You didn't think he was fantastic. a little over the top? No. No. <laughs> His face is like a special oh, effect. Yeah. Um, talking about the uh, the death of the rabbit scene. First of all, that maybe that was another reason why yeah, I wanted more really of the rabbit thing. I thought that was a really, <laughs> that was charming. Uh, I would have loved to, you know, maybe I was looking for too much of an objective correlative, but, you know, what let him nurse the uh, rabbit back What's to life. What's an objective correlative? Uh uh, something outside of the character's journey that that relates that correlates with the character's journey. So, like his reaction to realizing he's eating the rabbit is an objective correlative to if 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 the movie had been written and he nurses the rabbit back to health and like finally at the end as he's like ready to go back to Houston, you see the rabbit is hopping again. Uh, and the rabbit, the rabbit's healed. journey parallels his Parallel, own journey. Yes, exactly. That's an objective correlative. I mean, I, I wow. yes. Short answer is yes. Yeah. Wouldn't that something be, else? Wouldn't that be a subjective correlative? I, I guess I don't know. Where, where, do, you, where do these come I from? Think, I don't know. <laughs> Professors, people, people with too much time on their hands. Wow. And I also love the scene where he is romancing uh, the woman on the beach, and he's like nibbling at her feet. Yeah, and. She is just such a, this is again, a very Bill Forsyth scene where he's kind of, we've, we've obviously seen before this that he has a crush on the marine biologist yeah. character. And in this scene, they're lying together outside on the heather or what have you by the seashore. And he's kissing her foot and nibbling on her toes. And she sort of raises up and he, she gives him a strange look not of what are you doing? Why are you doing? Um, and he kind of pauses and gives her a look like, this is okay. Is this not okay? And then he kind of resumes sort of chomping on her toes. E yeah. Well, and then sees that she has webbed feet. I missed that part. That's why, that's why when you finish the story, I was like, come on. Like, she doesn't really have webbed feet. Yes. Oh, Are you come kidding? on. I didn't see that. This is the whole point of that freaking scene, <laughs> which it's not like she's looking at him like, oh, you weirdo sucking oh. on my toes. She's anticipating him. Be the most Jason Silo moment of the entire got, 10 episode run. Because I was going to say, this is my. Um, I wish you could see the way Chris was looking at me <laughs> in stupefied disbelief. Because <laughs> I was, I was you've never had the, the someone look at you. Payoff, because and as to say, can you really be that stupid? Uh, well, I would not put I, those words to it. But I think this is part of why this works between us, Chris, because I took so, took away so much from that scene while missing 
the very point of the whole scene. And Especially in fact, I loved not only that, but the the scene where he goes to tell her the news about the oceanographic aquarium. Yes, yes. And, and he, he walks into the ocean. Marina. 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 It's the plants. The lab. It's going to happen. I told them all about it. The marine laboratory. It's going to happen. I yeah. thought that was beautifully Really, filmed. really well done, yes. The implication, she's got webbed feet. So it's like, is she a mermaid? Well, maybe, or is she just somebody who kind well, of maybe has... Are some humans born with webbed feet? Yeah, it's not super often, but that's what I th- thought was so charming I about missed it. that. You see the like what webbed do you see? feet, you see her toes and you see there's skin between them. And oh. so it's sort of magical <laughs> enough because it's like, there's an implication wow. of something being strange, but they don't remark on it and they sort of leave it. It's and then fun. the fact that it gets- Do you want to know something even worse? Right, goes into the water to join her. That to me is, again- Magical realism? who did not- uh, Well, for Scythian. <laughs> because there's, it can sort of work both ways. He either is very literally just sort of so happy I'm that he's running to see her. I'm embarrassed. Or there is that. something that that potentially he is- She's otherworldly. That is, she is otherworldly. To make this even worse, I read the Wikipedia page for the movie last night and in it, it references- it, uh, <laughs> I believe it actually says, let's read it because I read it and I did not take it literally. I thought it was sort of artistically referencing something. Um, Oh, during a date, he discovers that Marina, who seems more at home in the water than on land, has webbed toes. I read that last night. (laughs) And did not take it literally. You just thought it was a figure of speech? Yeah, I Uh, I thought it meant like she liked to swim. Yeah, literally. I literally thought that's what it meant. You you literally thought it was figurative. I literally (laughs) thought it was figurative. Yes. (laughs) Sorry, Fulton McKay. Good old Fulton McKay. He was great. Remind me, who's Fulton McKay? He was Ben on the beach. He was so good. Yeah. I guess you didn't think so. I have to admit, like, (laughs) sorry, this was the thing that I was like, like, as soon as it's like, oh, old, old Ben on the beat, like, this is going to, he's without artifice. And that's what bonds him to, to, uh, Hepper, right? Yeah, Hepper. Hepper. Hepper, yeah. He's, he completely lacks artifice, except when parrying Max Americanly clumsy attempts to maneuver him. See, look, you're good at numbers, eh? Part of my job, yes. Right. Would you give me a pound note for every grain of sand I hold in my hand? Now, you can have the beach for that. There, eh? Saved you a pound or two, eh? Come on, Ben, I don't want to play games that negotiate in a business-like way. Oh, dear, oh, dear. I mean, you could have had a very nice purchase there, Mr. McIntyre. I can't hold much more than 10,000 grains of sand in my hand at a time. Did you think it would be a bigger number? Took advantage of me, Ben. Did I? How about a hat full of sand? I know, no. I mean, that wouldn't be business-like. That, to me, is just such a thing that I've seen often enough. So it it didn't... um... Well, what does it matter how often you've seen it as long as it's good when you see this version of it? What do you want? A complete originality at all times, yes. in all things, yes. in filmed entertainment. I have never You must eaten be disappointed a lot at the movies. Yeah. Oh, Jason. <laughs> if you I have could no idea. If I could explain <laughs> the hell that I live through every day. 
Full Cast and Crew is brought to you by Out of Jack's Mind, a new comedy short video series from Jack Plotnick, co-writer and director of the Sony Pictures feature film Space Station 76, and current recurring guest on Grace and Frankie and Z Nation. Out of Jack's Mind, like and follow at Chuckler Comedy on Facebook or Chuckler.com. Chuckler, original comedy delivered daily. We've done, we did the thing, you know, we've done like the horror movie, we've done Saturday Night Fever, we've done the baseball movie whose name shall not be spoken. (laughs) We've done, you know, a lot of different things. What haven't we done? You know, like what is, we've done a lot of indies. Mm -hmm. We've done sort of a lot of 80s, 90s indies. It might be time for fighting robots. I don't know. It was nice to see Burt Lancaster. We could do like a a, Birdman of Alcatraz or- Or or what about- um, Run silent, run deep. Run silent, run deep. I love submarine. I was just thinking, what was I thinking, Chris? Somehow the other day I had a very, this might've been a dream or a passing thought, but I had uh, some story came to me that I was like, it's time to make a submarine movie again. And I had one, but now I can't remember what it was. And I can't remember if I dreamed this or whether this actually happened. I'm sorry, but what actually, like you actually had that thought? Because I think it still counts as the same. Like if you dreamed it or had it Well, I can't remember if I was having a dream and in the dream, I stumbled upon a contemporary submarine story and thought, this is a great submarine story and we haven't had a great submarine movie in a while. This would be a great time to make a good submarine movie. I can't remember if that was just a dream and then I woke up and there never was a, a submarine story that I had seized upon or whether I actually read about something submarine related hmm. and thought this would be a good submarine movie. Uh, Regardless, I think the point stands that we have not had a great submarine movie in probably 20, 25 years. Like, I mean, Das Boot. I know there was K-19, The Widowmaker, which I don't think counts as a good <laughs> that, submarine movie. That doesn't movie. count. Uh, is that the one with John Bon Jovi? I don't, I don't know. I know it was with uh, Liam Neeson and Harrison Ford both speaking with Russian accents. Yeah. And there das, was one with- Das um, Boot, we could do that. With Matthew McConaughey. Where he plays a submarine captain. Oh God! Why don't you save? Why don't you save your anger at Hugh Jackman and put it on Matthew McConaughey's shoulders, who deserves it a hell of a lot more than Hugh did? How about what? How about what McConaughey does with the McConaughey talent? Squanders it. I think they. I think both both men are talented. I think Hugh Jackman is way more talented. This was not a crit. This is a criticism of us. <laughs> He does the movies. We didn't go see them. This is our fault. The criticism. No, I think isn't the fault that we do go see the bad ones. Nobody saw Pan. Again, I'm not knocking him. I'm glad he gets, you know, got another chance after that. Even uh, Paul McCartney and John Lennon would sit down and write a swimming pool. Who? (laughs) Funny. Thanks. Actually, there is a submarine movie coming out. Is there? See? Maybe with Colin Firth. Ooh, Colin Firth. Wait, Colin Firth on a submarine? What the hell is this submarine movie starring Colin Firth? It's about Colin the Firth? sinking of the Kursk. What's it called? Kursk. Kursk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this looks horrible. Why? What have you watched so far? I just looked at the photo and it's directed by Thomas Vinterberg and... Yeah. The film follows the 2000 K-141 Kursk submarine disaster and the governmental negligence that followed. As the sailors fight for survival, their families desperately battle political obstacles and impossible odds to save them. But that sounds fun. They all died. Well, spoiler alert for a movie <laughs> you haven't seen yet. Wait, who's Thomas Vinterberg? Was Kursk, what kind of submarine was Kursk? Russian? 
Okay, so who's Colin Firth? David Russell, some Brit. <laughs> What's he trying to do? Save them all? Yeah, like an sounds, asshole. <laughs> sounds colonialist what? to me, Chris. I, I mean, wow. sure the Russians are capable of saving their own submarine. Thank you I very don't much, think so. Mr. British. I mean, if sea they captain. were, they would have. Well, and trust me, this is too, this is Putin. I'm era. calling it right they now. Did not want to save them. Calling it right now. This movie is not going to be good. Oh wow! All right, well, I'll bet you five bucks. Okay. When's it come out? Well, well wait. Forget it. It's a Belgian production. Hey, wait! I didn't I like, know they like made I a movie of this. Um, the Donald Crowhurst story. Who's, who's Have you Donald seen that Crowhurst? documentary? Which? Donald Crowhurst. Is that what the documentary is called? No. <laughs> then that, that I, I got to give you more. more. I got to give you a little more. Okay. Uh, this documentary, it's called Deep Water. Have you seen Deep Water? No. Brilliant, necessary, incredible. It's about. Um, the 1969 Sunday Times Golden Globe yacht race around the world in which solitary sailors set out to circumnavigate the globe. Mm -hmm. And the, the individual, it follows a bunch of individual sailors' stories, but the one that it focuses on is this guy, Donald Crowhurst, who, I'm not going to ruin this for people who haven't seen it. You really have to see it if you don't know the story. But something goes wrong. You really have to see it. Fair enough. Um, they, and they also did make a fictionalized version also called Deep, Deep Water. Water. I like Colin Firth. Don't get is he wrong. in it? Yes. Apparently he plays Donald Crowhurst, which is pretty good casting, I have it to say. It says Simon Russell Beale. Oh, sorry. Well, he's on the freaking poster of a... Look, he's on the poster. No, he oh, plays Donald Crowhurst, doesn't he? Dude, what are you looking at? Colin Firth, Donald Crowhurst. I was You're in a different Deep movie. Water. I guess it's a different it's movie. It's called The Mercy. Oh, I was looking at the documentary. <laughs> Wait, he's not in the documentary. <laughs> Simon Russell Beale, I guess, is the voiceover or something. Man, I don't know. <laughs> Man, I don't know. Can't we just get on with our lives? I'm trying I'm just, here, Jason. What do you want from me? Uh, Colin Firth. Let's see. He's funny. He's a good comic actor. Colin Firth? Yeah. What's he been funny in? Oh, I don't know. Uh, no, I'm serious. <laughs> Bridget Jones' Diary, Kingman, Kingsman, didn't Secret Service. Didn't see that. You didn't see Kingsman? No. Chris, are you freaking serious? I saw a single man. That wasn't funny. Chris, how have you not seen Kingsman? That is such a good movie. I do. I did hear it's good. I just haven't. There's a lot of content. That's that's all yeah, I but can. You got to watch Kingsman. It's I know so people good. Love it. And I, I what will. Are you, are you resistant? No. Just it's just a lot of content. I can't believe you haven't seen that. Uh, I really can't. That's shocking to me. Have you seen Mamma Mia? If you've seen Mamma Mia no, and you didn't, I have not God, seen Mamma uh, Mia. Come on, <laughs> be honest. I've not seen Mamma Mia more than twice. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> shit. Uh, to get back to what is this movie called? To get back to yes, local hero. Yes. Everything that you're saying, everything that I have read. I'm not trying to convince you of anything, Chris. All that I you're entitled to your own opinion. I, I agree. What I'm saying, I can be a forceful presence. I'm aware. Don't don't change your way of thinking just because. I'm not I've a, laid out Jason, an unassailable case to counter your gut reaction of, I don't like you this said. movie. All that I'm getting at is, I think because I watched it for this documentary, for this documentary, I think because I watched it for <laughs> this got podcast. got pretense. <laughs> I can't wait till Errol Morris films me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be up there You'll be in the with such luminaries as Steve Bannon. <laughs> Because I watched it for this podcast, yes. I think I you went were resentful. In, no, 
No, <laughs> went in with an analytical viewpoint, looking to be oh, like, okay, turn on your heart light, man. That's what I'm saying. Shit. That I think I made analytical. the mistake. It's Bill Forsyth. Which is have meant, a little heart, Chris. Meant nothing to me. I mean, you have pages of notes over here. I don't know what you have written. I made Can these I see notes. This? Sure. Can I see these, please? I just want to see what. what I also what made is the those notes today. I did not make them while watching. 1983 the British Bill Forsyth. Yeah, I knew from the get-go Mac was not Scottish. Ooh, clever one. Was it because he was American and presented as such that tipped you off? Because he was of Hungarian descent, as he admitted. Cal, I got a confession to make. I'm not Scottish. Oh man. Think I should tell Fountain? Hell no. Don't spoil the fun. Take the trip. My folks changed their name when they got off the boat from Hungary. They thought that McIntyre was American. Jesus, Mac. You're not a Scotchman. You're not a Texan. I can't even pronounce my last name. I didn't understand a lot of this. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, because of the strong Scottish accents. Fonz versus Mac. Dennis Lawson. Yeah. Urquhart. Wedge Antic Antilles. Antilles. Survives both Death Star attacks. Yeah. Comedy. Snoring in meeting. Yeah. Psychologist. Yeah, those are the comedy things Talk I thought on really plane. Want to eat? What was that? That might have been a note to myself. Talk on plane? Talk on phone. It's not talk on plane, want to eat. Talk on phone <laughs> when he says want to eat. Oh, right. That yes. conversation. Yes. Like, I thought that was a good bit, too. Yeah. That was he was calling is obviously his ex-girlfriend? No, when he was calling the guy in the next room. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was very funny. And you assume. That was very funny. Yeah. Kill it. Hit it with something hard. I like Hopper that Hopper has no real ehud. Crazy. That might have been arc. Eccentric? Crazy. Neither? Right. Then, there were then there's a weird marks. yellow Crazy. stain in That's the middle coffee. of the notebook. Best part of movie not in Scotland. Yeah, the beginning part. Wow. Yeah, the beginning part in Houston you know, is the best part of the movie. To all our Scottish listeners, I'm I'm sorry. This is just reportage. 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 Don't like Scotland. <laughs> Says the guy who was in Macbeth. <laughs> wow. Did you tell your Macbeth I director? Meant, I made those notes as like, Don't like Scotland. No real characters. Self-satisfied stereotypes. Wow. Self-satisfied. Uh, yeah. Oh, mm. well, what, what you were saying that the village was confident versus yeah. Peter versus Max lack of confidence yes. to me. And again, this might be again a window into my psychology. I don't like people who are confident. Uh, or you don't that, like people who are confident. I genuinely thought that they were, again, that they were like putting one over them, that they were smug and not self-examining themselves. And then maybe that's why I didn't like the character of Ben or whatever, the guy on the beach. Because wow. he's like, oh, I'm just living a simple life. Everybody's not living a simple life is a fucking idiot. Like, I don't like that. that. He wasn't doing that. He totally did that. He's perfectly happy to let anyone live their own life. He's not intruding on anyone's way of life or passing judgment on it. All He's preventing all of those poor Scots people from, from getting but, out from under the, uh, the, the thumb of the dole. But isn't he saving them from themselves? And doesn't he, in fact, save them from themselves well, through his bond to, with Hepper? Does Hepper? He? Hepper. Doesn't yeah. he? Well, yeah. Wow. The old patriarchs. You know, oh, everybody else has to live off the largesse of the, <laughs> of the old patriarchs. They decide over a cup of oh. tea... They're like, oh, everybody but else. This old hobo lives on a shack in a, uh, he lives in a shack on the yeah, beach. He has yeah, no, he has no possessions. He has no status. He has no, he's His a name forgotten is man. He, he was given by the king or whatever yeah. way back when this beach. Yeah. 
So he's never had to work because it, because the system props him up. He's like the royal family. <laughs> he, he doesn't is, collect any money. He doesn't get money from the beach. Uh, but he keeps, he keeps it clean. He works the beach. Yeah, he says that, but I, I don't. What does that mean to work the beach? Wow. In a non-prostitution you sense, have a black hole for a heart. <laughs> and you are a mercurial personality. On any given day, a different you could be watching any of these movies. I think that that was my point. That I, I did not go into it in the right frame of mind. So I think I missed out on the charms of the movie. No, no. I Why? think that's li- I think that's lily livered. I think that I, if you, I wish you would have the spine to just say, I didn't like the movie. Don't, don't, don't like, don't give me an hour and a half about why you didn't like the movie and then say, oh, you know what? Maybe I wasn't in a good mood when I watched it. No, 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 no. Watching parts of it no, no, in the no, no, morning. No, no, no. I you have to have your own experience it. of it. You can't yeah. read, read about it and then go, oh yeah, maybe I should think that. Well, look, a piece of, excuse me, a piece of art. That's yeah, but you're watching it and experiencing it is the most important experience. Eh. How you felt or not. Howard, that's that the experience moment. you had. I, my, have that watching, experience. I, and I did. And then I had a different experience <laughs> by sharing my experience with you. That to me, see, that seems like just as valid of an experience. I don't feel like I'm being lily-livered by saying like, huh, yeah. You know, now that I'm in a different frame of mind. Yeah, well, I'm making I'm some, I'm making some good points. Chair. I mean, it's, you know, it's understandable. You know? Same good points I mean, that a lot of people on the internet When you're were faced making. with so much common sense and historical perspective. I understand that you might <laughs> yes, yes, call into question, you know, I mean, you're obviously were drinking coffee when you watched the movie. So it wasn't like you slept through <laughs> like it. I said, these notes, that I looks like some wheat, it looks like some chicory coffee or something. It's like yellow coffee. It's what is, probably what? from this cup. <laughs> like, is that, what, did you heat it up the next morning or you just no. watch it today? I made these notes today. I did not make oh, these notes oh, while watching oh. it. But I thought you said that's why you couldn't get into watching the movies because you're too consumed with doing all no, the I Googling and writing. I wasn't. No, I was saying that I was <laughs> looking at it analytically from- Oh, in like, your mind. In my mind. Like oh. that I was looking at it. Wait, so you can analyze in your mind be- without taking any notes? Oh yeah. This thing does wow. all sorts of stuff. I just watch and I feel. I don't think. That's, yes. And, and then when it's thinking what time- saying. Then I start to make some notes. I wish I wasn't thinking. That's what I was trying so to admit. So you can't go to into say. an experience uh, in a movie or a theatrical production or a television show and just let it happen. Sometimes I can, sometimes but I it's don't. But you're always, you're always like, hmm, staging, costume design yes. could have been different lighting. So I guess for you, <sighs> yeah, that's tough. sort of a hell to live in. Yeah. Yes. Yes, it is. Maybe, you know, next time. Work smarter, not you, harder. Yeah. Just try, just try watching it. And don't even think that stuff. Can't it, you can. I'm trying. You can. You I'll can try. do it. I'll try. You, well, more than try. There is no try. <laughs> there is only All do. Right, I'll, I promise I'll not try. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. I hope you enjoyed our little Scottish sojourn. And that we'll see you, at least as part of our download statistics, next week. Until then. I'm cleaning up and I'm moving on. Going straight and choosing life. I'm looking forward to it already. I'm going to be just like you. The job, the family, the fucking big television, the washing machine, the car, the compact disc and electrical tin opener, good health, low cholesterol, dental insurance, mortgage, starter home, leisure wear, luggage, three-piece suite, DIY, game shows, junk food, children, walks in the park, nine to five, good at golf, washing the car, choice of sweaters, family Christmas, index pension, tax exemption, clearing the gutters, getting by, looking ahead the day you die. 
Thanks for listening to Full Cast and Crew. I uh, just wanted to remind everyone to subscribe if you haven't already, so you'll get a new episode every Thursday. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. So email us at fullcastandcrewpod at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at, at fullcastandcrew, or find us on Facebook.